This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Caitlin Stella, Chief Executive Officer at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Caitlin, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Laura. I'm happy to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare and especially at children's healthcare. It certainly is an interesting time and definitely a very great work you're doing there at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital in Florida. But before we dive into my broader questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yes, I am uh, originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, I come from a big family. I'm the second of seven kids. And I, as an undergrad, um, I actually studied child development um, at Virginia Tech. Um, I actually volunteered in hospitals during high school before I went to college, but inspired me to work with kids. I love kids. Being from a big family is also um, part of my inspiration. And um, then I went to UCLA and I studied uh, public health. I have a master's in public health. And um, I kicked off my career by working in the autism center at UCLA. So I have some clinical research experience in in an administrative capacity. And then transitioned to PricewaterhouseCoopers PwC. And I did some consulting uh, in the national healthcare practice. And then I've been in children's hospitals and various leadership roles ever since. And before I came here to Jodamaggio Children's Hospital, I was at um, UCLA Mattel Children's Hospital. So definitely my passion to be working with kids and Joe D is a really special place. I love being here. That's amazing to hear. And what a great career journey, having so many different experiences than coming in to lead a, a children's hospital. I can imagine, you know, you're able to take a little bit from each different role that you've had and, and bring it into um, the, the healthcare provider space. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, it's, it's interesting, even now, as we continue to grow our academic programs here at Jodamaggio, we have residency fellowships coming aboard. Um, you know, I look at my uh, journey early on at UCLA and clinical research, and I'm, I'm drawing on a lot of those skills from, from being in different kinds of academic environments, whether it was at UCLA or at Children's Hospital of LA and um, yeah, so it's an interesting kind of journey that all kind of starts to intertwine over time. And um, I feel very fortunate to have had such a great run. Fantastic. Well, considering where we're at today in the healthcare space, what are your top priorities? What are you really spending most of your time on? Well, right now, the biggest projects for me, uh, first of all, are the refreshing of our strategic plan. So I've been at Sotomaggio for five years. And we completed our first strategic plan ahead of schedule. So we we took a little time to uh, expand the hospital. We added four stories to the children's hospital uh, and opened it up last year. So we had sort of a strategic planning uh, bolus of work. And then we expanded the hospital. We opened up a couple facilities in Palm Beach County and um, close to the Miami-Dade County line in a place called Miramar. And so we We've been growing the physical footprint of the, the hospital, and now we are taking a step back to refresh our next five-year strategic roadmap. So that's in motion, and we're really excited about 
what's on the horizon. And then the other big projects are around working with different organizations that we have strategic alliances with, like Boston Children's Hospital, for example. Uh, we have an alliance with them, and we're really trying to grow uh, that relationship just to deliver the best care possible for kids close to home here in Florida. So those are probably two of our biggies. Absolutely. I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, what I hear uh, time and time again from CEOs now is just uh, trying to leverage those partnerships and think creatively about the different types of partnerships they need in order to be successful and um, really just turning the page into what healthcare is going to need in this next iteration. Um, and I'm wondering, too, as you're looking at your new strategic plan and then the ref refresh, what is top of mind? What's different this time around than the last time you set forward with a strategic plan? Um, just love to hear your perspective, especially um, after the pandemic and then everything else that, that's come along with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely think it's important to work together. Uh, just a note on your previous comment that working in, in collaboration with other organizations definitely lets us get further faster. I mean, there just really aren't enough resources and pediatric boarded specialists for everybody to have everything. So you really have to be able to connect. And for this strategic plan, I would say one thing that's kind of surfacing as an interesting theme is when we did the last one, we were very focused on individual program growth. So, you know, we sliced and diced different service lines and looked at things we were doing and doing well and wanting to grow and looked at things that were not really in the market or things that we had needs around. And so it was very service focused. This time around, it's still somewhat service focused, but it's definitely more population driven. Um, I think it doesn't necessarily have to do with just COVID, but post COVID, I think it's become very evident that kids have many, many more long-term complex healthcare needs. And Certainly, with it, with the trends in uh, birth rates and maternal age, and some of the factors that are leading to babies being born with complex chronic illnesses and things of that nature, we're definitely looking at a lifespan approach of having services from the fetal period, where a lot of diagnoses are made now, um, through childhood, and then transitioning into adulthood for patients that are going to have a, a lifetime of issues. Some, you know, they don't necessarily have the same degree of severity throughout their lives, but they still have needs. And so for those patient populations, we really started to see trends around the needs in this particular market. And so having relationships with organizations like Boston that do like very rare diseases and the very at the, at the very top end of the acuity ladder, um, it's nice because we can build programs that are really going to cover a, a wide variety of populations locally, and then we have a resource to refer families to and, and work closely with when, we, when they need more than what's available in the state here in Florida. So um, anyway, but it's just an interesting trend to see kind of the shift. We, we knew it was coming. We know it's coming. We know it's been there for a long time, but I just think more than ever, we're focused on these population-specific programs. Absolutely. That's fascinating and definitely just so cool to see what you're doing in, in trying to really meet the needs of the patients um, kind of <laughs> throughout their lives. I think that's awesome. Um, I guess I'm wondering, you know, too, if you look into the future, how do you see um, Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital evolving over the next two to three years or so? Where do you see things accelerating and what do you expect um, going forward? 
That's a good question. So um, I would say that generally speaking, we are very, very focused on the patient and family and needs that incorporate the whole family unit. So I think part of what we're, we're focused on is keeping care close to home. Keeping care close to home is important because it's disruptive to the family dynamic when there's a child in the family that has a chronic illness. And so what ends up happening is the whole family becomes impacted when a child has needs that require multiple physician appointments, procedures, um, people taking time off of work, constantly breaking the family routines. Uh, it starts to affect the whole unit and especially like the siblings and things like that. So our goal at Sotomayor Children's Hospital is to deliver care close to home so we can continue to have great outcomes for kids because getting to specialists is easier and then it's less disruptive to the family. And even when they come to the hospital, if they're, you know, I just ran into a family today, for example, who uh, is one of our nephrology patients and we've been taking care of him since he was a few months old when he was diagnosed and now he's 15 and he has to come in for regular procedures. So the, even though we we deliver a lot of his care in our offices and our satellites that are near where they live and near where he goes to school and our nephrology team can see him there, when they do have to come to the hospital, there's very much a focus on the whole family being a part of the care and the comfort. And so the design of the facility when we added the four stories really had that in mind, that when we want this to be a comfortable, homey place. And so as we grow our services in the community, we're focused on bringing those specialties out to where families are, making sure they understand the philosophy and the culture of Jodomaggio, which is, like I said, very family, ch child-focused, child-centric. And then when they need more, it's, it's not an intimidating experience. So we're going to keep on that journey. Um, we're very, very, very razor-sharp focused on quality, safety, and service. And so all of our participation in a variety of different national consortiums and collaboratives and all the things that keep us on our A game from a quality and service perspective will continue to be our true north while we grow our footprint and continue to serve more and more children. I think there's been a huge influx in the population in Florida, and I think that's not going to change. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to be. Um, so, it is one of those things where we have to continue to meet the demand of the community as it grows. That makes a lot of sense. And definitely, you know, it is great to hear. And um, I, I love that focus on the family. I certainly from firsthand experience can can say that it makes a big difference to have a facility that really is um, bringing families together and understands, you know, how it can be challenging emotionally in, in otherwise um, to the siblings and, and parents and everybody else involved. So um, that, that's yeah. huge. It seems like a huge difference maker. It, it is, and it's noticeable. Like, we've had many families say, I can't believe we're in a hospital. This doesn't feel like a hospital. Or <laughs> um, my child is so happy here, like, they don't want to leave. <laughs> like, um, like, to me, I, I think those are all very positive. I mean, they're still in a hospital, and sometimes with very, very severe and significant illness, what they remember is how they felt here, you know, and that just is the, the gold star, the gold standard for what we want everyone to experience. So it's pretty remarkable. Um, and it is a stressful time. That's why we have a lot of resources 
in place to support families. Like we have something called our Kids Sears, and the Kids Sears program is really like a concierge for anyone that needs help with anything. We can assist with a variety of different kinds of special requests. Um, and then we also have our Center for Complex Care, which is part of our alliance with Boston Children's Hospital. So that center is like a medical home, home base for families that need extra TLC, extra support. Those are for, for families with children with very complex disease. And so those kinds of resources are game changers for them because they just, they feel the love, they feel the support, they know this is a place they can go for help and we're, we're privileged to be their children's hospital. Absolutely. that That's awesome. And definitely an amazing compliment to, for people to feel like they're, you know, not in a hospital, but really in a place where um, they can feel comfortable <laughs> um, in, yeah. in what they have to do, because so much also about that experience is so challenging. Um, yeah. Before, Absolutely. Before we wrap up here, I was wondering if you could talk about, you know, what is one of the change that you or your team has made over the last year or so that's really yielded some great results? We started our magnet journey about three years ago. And even though magnet designation, we all know is a huge honor and privilege. I think what we've done is we've let the journey redesign all of our shared governance for every department, regardless of whether or not it's nursing. So we have really tried to, to change and transform where the good ideas and the opportunities for performance improvement, opportunities for quality improvement are coming from. They're really coming from the front line, and we fully empower the front line to bring forward their thoughts and ideas and, and work through a shared governance model for them to be able to drive their own results. So that ownership, that local ownership in a division, in a department, in a clinical service, on a team, uh, they feel great pride in, in identifying something that they think could be better, bringing their ideas and solution ideas forward. They have a, a lot of support from the leadership team here at Jodomaggio Children's Hospital, and then their own results are able to be celebrated by them. It was like done by them and celebrated by them, and then we come in and celebrate with them, you know, but it's theirs to own. I think that has really started to change the whole culture around here. It's always been a great culture, but that little nuance around, okay, we're going to do this for Magnet. We know we have to have a shared governance model for Magnet. Let's really let it ride. Let's let it go far and wide. Um, that has really changed the way our leaders feel about the work that they do. So they, they know that they're supported, and I really do believe that. We've seen it in small ways with changes in things like patient satisfaction scores, We've seen it in large ways in terms of things like our outcomes around quality and infection rates. And just because the front line knows better than anyone some of the challenges that are there and that families are having and children are having. And so to listen to them and bring that empowerment to them has really yielded some amazing, amazing results that we're so incredibly proud of because it came from them. So I think that's one uh, that I'm very proud of. I love that. Caitlin, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun and interesting conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Laura, thank you so much for having me. I'll see you in Chicago. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, 
To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.